When you hear the phrase, soft as steel, what do you think of? While the word steel might conjure up images such as massive high-rise buildings, where does the soft part come in? And what exactly does this mean in our work and in our lives? Welcome to the Soft as Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran, featuring engaging conversations with a wide range of industry leaders around soft skills, how we practice love, inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran. Today, I'm pleased to have with me a gentleman by the name of Adam Hoots. In his own words, Adam has been involved with the architectural and construction industry for over 20 years. The first three years focused on plumbing as a skilled trade. The following four were in the architectural realm, designing custom residential and light commercial projects. And the final 16 years being in the commercial construction industry, primarily building classrooms and high-tech life sciences work. His mission is to change the way our skilled trades and craft workers are valued and respected by all project stakeholders on construction project sites. That's a huge hook that got me interested and wanted to have a chance to talk with Adam. He's pursuing his mission with a multidimensional calling. Adams is a part-time professor at Clemson University and a PhD candidate. He already has a degree in communication and a master's in construction management. He's a podcast host, and he's also the principal in a company, ACHE Solutions, which I'm going to ask him to talk a little bit about, among other things. So that's enough. I want to get right into my conversation with Adam Hoots. Adam, welcome to the Soft to Steel podcast. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate that. What an introduction. Thank you. It's mostly yours. I mean, the last part was me. It's pretty good. Pretty good. You know, if I can't keep this job, maybe I could be writing introductions for podcasts. Who knows? You definitely got it going on. That's for sure. Just a couple of things. Clean rooms is what I primarily focused on. Yeah. But then also I get my master's degree in December and we'll continue on into that PhD program. So okay, I don't want anybody thinking I already have the degree. Well, I did say PhD candidate. Fair. Yeah. So, but good. What are you going to do for your PhD? Is it a doctoral dissertation? Is that what it'd be? It will be a dissertation. Yes, sir. Possibly on what? So I'm doing my master's thesis paper on the reasons lean principles fail on the first implementation in the construction industry. Mm. And then the idea is to take that and convert that into best practices on how to get lean principles running on a construction project site. So that's my main focus. Okay, That's very good and important. I know that you are steeped in lean, but I remember from our earlier conversation talking about a couple of things. One, the rate of failure, even trying to implement a set of principles, which on their face appear to be fundamentally based on starting with the notion that all the participants in a project need to be treated with respect and dignity. And we'll go from there. Your simple tests on a job site checklist to be able to say if lean is really active in terms of the environment that the company is conducting. Let's talk first about lean because it is important. 20 and 30 years ago was just uh, really interesting. It was beginning to be implemented, but it's really been the last 10 years where there's been a pretty significant ramp up in embracing lean principles and trying to utilize that. Is that a fair time frame? about 10 years? Yeah, I think so. I think when we first started to try and implement it, it was all about the tools and doing things faster with less and adding more value. And we are slowly starting to realize that when you start with the people, that's where you can really get those dividends. But you got to invest in the people and not really have 
that return. So yeah, I agree with you. I think the last 10 years, we've seen quite a shift and really in the last, you know, three to five years, kind of COVID accelerating some of that stuff. We're realizing how important people are in our industry. Yeah. So let's focus on how you phrase, because these are your words and I think they're spectacular. It says that your mission is to change the way our skilled trades and craft workers are valued and respected by all project stakeholders on construction project sites. Talk more about that. Obviously, your perspective is something needs to change. We can get better. Talk about the current state of affairs and why you know this is so important. Yeah, so I'm a huge advocate of promoting the skilled trades in high schools and tech schools and college. And, you know, there's no reason you graduate from college, you can't go get a degree or go get a job with an electrician, right? And so I really started to steer young people, even down as young as middle school, elementary school, adjusting some of the things we do to 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 impact those type of folks. We started an organization called the Skilled Trades Alliance. It's a 501c3. And again, a lot of that was like helping get people into the trades. Well, I don't know, two or three years ago, um, I really started feeling a little guilty about that, to be honest with you, because I do look at the current conditions in construction and they're not the best uh, work environment that's out there. I mean, you're, you're dealing with the elements a lot of times, um, you know, you, you take breaks, but oftentimes you don't really have a shady spot or a warm spot to go take a break. So you sit on a pile of steel or brick or, you know, something like that and eat your lunch. Again, I'm talking from a trade worker perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm using a restroom that, you know, is a little plastic tin can that is freezing or hot. And, you know, uh, hopefully it's cleaned once a week. And sometimes that doesn't even happen. And, you know, you just look at the conditions and really, again, it started when I was a plumber back in the day and I got dealt some pretty nasty hands being the young kid on a project site. And, uh, and I did it and I sucked it up and I, I worked through it. And I, it's always been kind of planted in my head. Like we need to change this. Like there's no reason uh, a supervisor should walk past a trade worker on a construction site and not acknowledge them and say, hello, or good morning, or how are you? And really mean it. Um, and that happens every day. And it, it's not even I did it on jobs, right? I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just telling telling you what it's like on a, on a real job site. And these things happen not out of intention, but because we're busy, right? We're trying to get things done and variations hidden and there's a fire here and this person didn't show up or that person has too much material. Like there's always something going on. Our owner wants to change. Like, And so our brains are all over. It's hard to hit the pause and reflect button and, and try and learn something about somebody or learn something on the job because we're constantly going. And so, again, I started feeling a little guilty that, hey, I'm encouraging all of these young people to come into an industry that society doesn't even really respect them, right? They don't. And so um, trying to, to light this candle from both ends of the stick now, right? We still need young people. We still need a, a plethora of trade workers in the industry, and they're getting more and more expensive each day. Um, but on the other hand, it's like we can do something about these conditions, right? If we get in front of the right companies, in front of the right people who are open-minded and willing to think about pro- productivity more than just overtime, right? Productivity happens when we treat people with respect and give them the the tools they need to be successful, whether that's a nice air-conditioned restroom 
or a break tent or a hydration station or somewhere for them to just go and pause and reflect and, and to bring ideas and innovation out of the people who are closest to the work. And, and um, I think, again, we can do it from both sides, right? We can create conditions where it's pleasurable to be at work. You know, it's interesting as you're saying those words, I'm thinking that what you're describing is that there's there's a need to recognize that there are, uh, in, in terms of the responsibility of leaders, there there really are are, are two environments uh, that they need to promote uh, and vision for the people that work for them. One is the cultural environment. Uh, you know, you know, what do we expect of ourselves and of the people that work for us? I see you smiling. I don't, you'll, you'll have to explain. And no one said me. The word culture drives me nuts. Oh, it's so, okay. Well, you, you can get over that part, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, because again, when, when I use that word, I I jump to the idea that, uh, that, uh, that leadership, uh, involves being able to tell people, uh, why we exist what we're here to do, what the future looks like, and get them all tuned in, turned on, and ready to go. That's what I talk about. Um, the other environment, though, that you that you talk about, and again, we did in our in our pre pre uh, recording call. Um, you talk about that that reality that a company may be talking that they're Im- implementing lean principles. But then you've already talked about the restroom or bathroom, whatever you want to call it. I mean, and, and, and I call that the, the, the physical environment. Um, and again, the, the threshold level is that uh, construction sites are dangerous places. Uh, so attention needs to be paid by anybody walking on a construction site. I don't think that, that's an arguable point. I think that's pretty fa- factual. How we go about uh, making and preserving uh, an environment on a construction site, which is safe. And now I'm talking safe in terms of, of the physical aspects uh, and kind of the kind of the uh, slice of ham on this sandwich of culture environment versus physical environment uh, is safety and where that all fits in. So share your thoughts about, about you know, kind of how I interpreted what you're saying and, and why it's so important if you, if you feel it is, to continue to be talking about the things that have n- nothing to do with the, the final result. What they have to do is it, it, a lot to do with what happens day, day by day, moment by moment on a construction site. Your thoughts? Yeah, you just nailed my view on culture, right? Because it's more than beer in the fridge and a ping pong table. And I think it gets lost in that a lot. Um, but it, it, like culture is an outcome to me. Um, and you just nailed it. It's the things I do day to day that promote the culture that I seek, starting with leadership, uh, resembling the behaviors that they want. And, um, so I, I see kind of those two environments as, uh, one, I, I love the, the physical safety. Yeah, that's a huge deal. The more important deal is the psychological, mental safety on a project where somebody can come to the leader and mention a safety problem and not have an argument, but the leader then asks like interested questions mm-hmm. uh, to find out what's going on. And, and that to me is um, that's the environment where innovation happens, where we experiment with things, we fail, we learn quick and we make adjustments and, and we move forward. And that's the essence of 
all things lean principles, right? It's the mm-hmm. PDCA cycle, as they call it, plan, do, check, act. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there, there's a gal in uh, Washington. Uh, she works for Hensel Phelps. Her name is Cabri Schmid Learman. She has done some absolutely magnificent work on psychological safety. Mm. Uh, and she's a superintendent for Hensel Phelps. And Hensel Phelps does it right. They do a lot of like being in the field, working, laying things out, surveying. Like you do all that coming up as a superintendent. And so she's got a ton of skills. And um, I'd highly recommend you connecting with her as well for, again, just that psychological safety. And, and I'll yeah. add this. The reason I think that 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 mental psychological is, is more important than the physical is because you are five times more likely to die by suicide than any other hazard on a construction site. Yeah, that's a problem. And we're encouraging young, vulnerable people to go into an industry with statistics like that. Mm-hmm. We got work to do if we're serious about bringing people in. Let's stay on. um uh, on, on what I think is is where we where we where in my view, uh, you know, albeit from you know from my perspective, many years in, in the in the industry, seen a lot of stuff, done a lot of things, made a lot of mistakes. You know, you just kind of, when you get to my age, if you haven't made a lot of mistakes, you haven't taken any risks, and you probably have just been sitting on the couch eating bonbons and watching you know, movie reruns. Um, All smoke, no fire. Yes, exa- sir. Exactly. Exactly. But. You know, the thing that I think, and, and I know we, already, we agree on this, and, and again, it's conveniently, uh, and that's why I'm really glad that we're having our conversation and that, that lean is a big part of that, because I think lean is a really, really valuable body of knowledge. Uh, I think in many ways it's more valuable than things like the project management um, uh, principles uh, that they call, they, they codify in some, they call the PMBOK, or, or even the, the, the codification of, of, of principles that the Construction Management Association of America, CMAA, promulgates. Um, I just think that, you know, that the idea of, of building a set of tools that has as a starting point, we're doing this not simply to, uh, to, uh, to push out waste in all parts of, of the, the very long cycle of, 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 of uh, de- develop, design, build, occupy, whatever. These are just my phrases. But it's much more, more about, again, how the people uh, uh, interact with each other within the stakeholder groups, but also among the stakeholder groups um, in order to be able to be more active uh, in, in dealing with the, the day-to-day ups and downs, the changing circumstances, the owners directed change orders, you know, whatever it is. Um, but we do it in a way that it's not just us yelling at somebody, which is the way it was done 20, 30, and 40 years ago, but it's built on a foundation that we understand each other because we spend time in, let's call it in a training setting, learning these lean tools, but, you know, but, but implicit in, uh, in most of lean is, again, the people piece. And I always talk about, you know, we do a good job in the trades of teaching people the tools, the methods, et cetera. I think we do a good job. Uh, some, of the, some of the unions have phenomenal training centers for their apprentices. Others have okay, but generally we do a good job. And that extends to what the contractors do, uh, because as you well know, the predominant model of, of, of training in the construction industry is still based on OJT, on-job training. Um, apprenticeship classes are hours in duration. Uh, what, what an apprentice needs to learn their, their craft is measured in months and years. 
um, and is and is and is hands on. And it's under the supervision of a mentor or a coach or whatever or some structure, and it takes a lot of time. But what we don't do, and this is this is your mission is about valuing and respecting uh, uh, skilled trades. What we don't do is with that thought in mind or anything like it, we don't develop the whole person. We develop the we develop the part that puts work in place. Period. Hard stop. We don't develop the other part of the person that can help them deal with problems like a wellness issue, like addiction, like suicide, like dangerous situations on a job site, and be able to handle communicating about them, even if they have no responsibility to resolve them, but just to be, in a, be able to know what to say, who to say it to, and how to say it in order to be able to get progress and results. Your thoughts? Yeah, you nailed it. We use people for the neck down. Right. We don't use their minds. And mm. it's kind of that public school approach where we're just testing people uh, or, or we're teaching to test or we're telling to test and we're not asking them to think. And that's a problem. Right. Testing versus thinking. Uh, again, it starts at an early age. Uh, we just get in this mindset of uh, can you spell these words? Not do you know what these words mean? And mm. Uh, and again, in the Hoots household, we do things a little bit different um, on Hoots job sites. You know, we're out there and we're talking and engaging with the workers and learning who they are and asking them, what did you do on your last job? That's better than what you're doing on this job. And mm -hmm. that question alone, well, they'll spill their guts like mm -hmm. at first. And so granted, at first they're like, what do you want from me? Like, <laughs> why are you talking to me? Those you, you project leaders don't usually talk to me. Uh -huh. And then when I break it down and I'm consistent over a week and I'm engaging with them and I remember kids' names and that they like, you know, football or, or say some basketball or whatever, like, then we really start to develop a relationship and, uh, and they trust me and they know that uh, if they mention something to me that it's going to get done if it's reasonable. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, that we're going to take action. I think that's another issue in our industry is our, our say to do ratios are terrible. They say more than two thirds of projects are over uh, budget and past schedule. That's, mm -hmm. uh, that's like, it's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, again, you know, back to lean and, and the origins of lean even, right? Like with Sakichi Toyota, rumor is he saw his mother, looming back in the day and it was a really dangerous job right fingers close to needles and so over a 20-year period sakichi toyota developed a, the automatic loom and was a lot safer and it was out of care for his mother that he didn't want her working in those conditions and so somehow we've lost that focus of the care for people side of it and we've really put an overly emphasized the, the tool and the process improvement and the value add and the return on investment and all of these things. Whereas Lean started out of a, a true care and respect for people, mm -hmm. uh, like a deep care for, for the worker, the worker doing the work. And that's been lost. And, and we need to find that from not just a a supervisor to, to worker perspective, but honestly, from a societal perspective, like globally, we need the trades. See, nothing happens without the trades. Doctors don't heal. 
judges don't instill justice. Teachers can't teach without a skilled trade worker. So um, we need to really think about uh, those essential workers who are out there day in and day out, just busting their butts and the not not as good conditions as they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. In your experience, is there is there any discernible difference? Again, there, you know, the, constru- the construction world uh, is uh, is conducted uh, through with organizations that are both affiliated with unions and organizations that are not. Um, as far and, and let's talk about it maybe from the lean perspective. Does that matter to lean um, that you're you're working on a project which is being performed by you know four or five trades unions uh, under you know, under a, a series of subcontracts with the GC or whether they're open shop uh, trades contractors. Does it, does it matter to lean? I think lean applies in both environments. Um, <clears throat> I mean, unions were initially created to organize the people around driving respectful conditions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't work a lot with unions. Uh, so at the risk of getting in trouble here, um, I actually, I was on a union job site in Chicago and got in an argument because I was sweeping the floor trying to make my job better. And so there's that element, but then there's also continuing education and a true apprenticeship to get you to a journeyman that, that it's education, right? So it's continuous improvement and learning. And so they are promoting some thinking there, right? They're mm-hmm. teaching those technical skills for people to be successful on the job. Now, with that said, I, I do think there is a lack of training from a leadership perspective, from an emotional intelligence perspective. We've got in, in our industry, we go and we award and promote the person who turns the wrench the best or mm-hmm. who solders the best pipe. And that doesn't always mean that they're good with people and, mm-hmm. and people skills are important. And so... Um, I think lean does. I mean, it certainly applies across the board. Um, and I think the unions are probably a bit be- better organized from a learning and development standpoint. But even there, I'm, I'm sure there's room for improvement. And, and those who are uh, true leaders in a union, I think, would honor that, too. There's always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um from your perspective, you know, just the time you've spent in the industry, you kind of see where we are right now. Um, what's uh, what what comes to your mind uh, as something that, that gives you a sense of hope about the future of the construction industry that you've been in for your entire career? Um, I'll, that's the first question. I'll say. There's a companion question, but let's go with that. What it, what's going on? that gives you a sense of hope or optimism or positivity with regards to our industry and the future. Yeah, there's some, there's some real leaders in the industry right now um, that, I mean, I'll even compliment them. The Robbins and Mortons of the world, the Mortensons of the world. Uh, You mentioned Barton Mallow and and the team there. Um, I think uh, the bolt company for sure. Mm -hmm. These are companies that are embracing, uh, lean to a point where they're just done calling it lean, right? They're just, um, for, for whatever, well, for a lot of reasons, right? There's been a lot of, as I refer to it on my show, bullshito in the industry, mm-hmm. which is, is the fake martial art or fake lean as I'll call it. And so there's a band of change makers, uh, a lot of those from those companies, 
that are banding together and really driving true change in our industry, not starting with process and not going to tools and, and not going to that stuff, but going to the people side, the developing relationships like uh, Jennifer Lacey and Jesse Hernandez. I mentioned this earlier, the no BS with Jen and Jess. We're having real conversations about real people outside of the gates, right? At some point, the term be professional meant I have to leave my feelings and care and love and compassion for people. They even tell you on a job site, leave your feelings at the gate. Mm -hmm. I can't do that, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. a person can't do that. And so to be a whole human inside and outside the gate, that that's where it's at. And that's the change that I see happening. I mean, I just got off a call where I asked that we're talking about overtime and acceleration and, and this sort of thing. And I just asked the question, you know, what else can be done other than adding more manpower or overtime? And we got crickets for a little while. And then the project executive spoke up and he said, well, what if we brought one of those nice restrooms out here? It's like, yes, like we need mental model shifts in order to affect the system at the most uh, vulnerable level, right? We keep working on physical events, but that's so close, close to the fulcrum that we can't change the system that way. We've got to focus on people's mental models in order to drive true change. And that's happening, right? Like you see the support coming, like trailing in on LinkedIn, the the people that are getting behind the Jason Schroeders, the Felipe's, the, uh, I mean, they're out there. They're like Justin Uyar, the Dwanda, there's they're making a difference in the industry and and they all work for different companies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing tomorrow morning, we've got a, a lean coffee with the old dog lean community. Mm-hmm. And it is superintendents across the country from East coast to West coast. And we come together and we share knowledge on what's working. Like every week, somebody will bring a problem to the table. Hey, I'm dealing with this. Oh, I dealt with that. This is how this worked for me. We'll all bounce some questions off them. They'll have some self-discovery. It's a beautiful thing. It's probably 20 of the nation's top contractors who are coming together, boots on the ground, right? Job site trailer to job site trailer. And and we're sharing ideas like that gives Mm -hmm. me hope because that's Mm -hmm. knowledge that would have been lost to the the people who are retiring uh, at rapid rates right now. So um, all of those things give me hope but mainly the people who are banding together that call, call ourselves the change makers, right? Because we are making change in a much needed industry. Mm-hmm. Is Lean taught in the construction management degree program at, South, at, uh, at uh, where are you? What school? Clemson? I can't say Clemson more too many times. I went to Maryland, so it's, I'm just kind of choking on Clemson a little bit. You understand, but don't take yeah, it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Battle. Yeah. But so, I, I mean, any class that I teach, I use lean principles in the class to teach the class. Uh, so absolutely, 100 um, percent. I've also had several teachers come to me saying, hey, can you come do a, a guest lecture series? And then there is a class, adversarial relations. We're in the process of kind of revamping this IPD certificate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say 100 percent. We're teaching it. I actually just got my IPD certificate. And one of the goals uh, my advisor, Dr. Clark, has is for me to go and work with a gal named Ann Lyons, who's a psychology undergrad, construction science graduate degree. And we're going to create more of like a high performing teams certificate in lieu mm-hmm. of IPD. So, yes, mm-hmm. we're definitely 
exploring all things lean. I have Felipe engineer Manriquez with the bowl company. He comes into my scheduling class and teaches scrum. I've had Jason Schroeder and Kevin Rice with Elevate or Lean Tact come in and teach tact planning. And then Jesse Hernandez came in and taught last planner system for me all last semester. So these kids are getting just a full, I say kids, these young people are getting a full dose of how to schedule construction projects, not just the current way, but how the industry is migrating as well. Yeah. I want you to answer this next question briefly, because I want to make sure we can get past this question and close on a positive note. (laughs) How about that for a question set up? So I asked about hope and optimism. What's the biggest challenge and what's the biggest hurdle that we have as an industry right now, based on your experience? Man, that's just the way we've always done it. Like change is hard. Resistance to change is real. And we have an industry that's 2000 years old or more, right? Like, and so trying to change the mindset of that's just how we've always done it. And that's how I was taught. That has been the biggest challenge. And so my philosophy to that is let's just feed those who are hungry, right? There's mm-hmm. plenty of people who are looking for new and better ways to do things mm-hmm. just to experiment. And so I naturally gravitate to those people. I, I usually turn the, I've always done it this way, people off and, and that's okay with me. Yeah, that's a good one. And I agree with you. You know, I've only got a few years left until the ticker stops working. I fear that if we can't make a significant shift and how we tell the story of opportunity in the construction industry to kids in middle school and high school, that we're going to have some serious generational challenges being able to resource construction. But I hope that's not the case. And one of the reasons that I carry the message I carry about soft skills and people is because if we focus there, we can change things. And a person like you, with your credentials, with your experience, with your very articulate manner of communicating, I think can play an important role. Uh, I know it's within your interests. Your, again, I call it your part of your calling. The Japanese say it's my icky guy. It's your icky guy? Okay. My reason for being on this earth. Yes, sir. Yeah. So you need to keep doing what you're doing. I'm delighted to know you. We will maintain contact. And this has been an incredible conversation that we probably could carry on for hours. But we're going to stop now. I don't know if I can tell I just, I, I don't want to hang up. I really don't. <laughs> you hang up first. Yeah, no, that's right. No, you hang up first. I know, you hang up. Oh my gosh. Oh, I can't. Uh, thank you so much for being here. We'll be in touch soon. Well, thank you for the kind words. And I have been blessed beyond belief. And it has been an honor and pleasure getting to know you and tuning into these podcasts. And I got the book on order. I'm like, Super excited to dive in there too. So thank you for all that you do and may God bless you with more than a few years, baby. You're going to live forever. That's the goal. I'm going to live long enough so I could come and do a guest lecture at Clemson, which I'd be delighted to do. You name the date and I will get you in there. Yes, a hundred times yes, please. Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, I'd be delighted to come and do a guest lecture for you or, or others. And you just let me know when it fits into the curriculum topic wise and we'll plan a date for a visit. that's happening this week. I'm getting a date and logging you in this week. All right, buddy. Okay, thanks again for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel Podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. 
Dennis is the author of Soft as Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at DennisDuranSpeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Soft as Steel, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.